This week on Myths and Legends, there are three stories of tricksters. On the first, we'll see that if a mountain is falling on your friend, you better make sure they're your friend. On the second, it's the most brutal piggyback ride in the history of piggyback rides. And on the third, we'll see an animal stoop to Bilbo Baggins-level trickery in a riddle contest. The creature is a friendly giant living in a lake who just can't get people to stop harassing it. This is Myths and Legends, episode 308, Food Chain. This is a podcast where we tell stories from mythology and folklore. Some are incredibly popular stories you might think you know, but with surprising origins. Others are stories that might be new to you, but are definitely worth a listen. Today, there are three stories of tricksters from Hopi, Northern Pueblo, and Algonquin folklore. For the first one, we'll be starting with a story from the Hopi people, largely from Arizona, that'll blend into a story of coyote from the Northern Pueblo people in New Mexico and Arizona, and we'll end with a story from the Algonquin people in Eastern Canada, so we're all over North America this week. We'll start out with a trickster, Fox, making a new, unexpected best friend. Prairie Dog looked back at Fox. This good? Fox reclined on a log, behind Prairie Dog, who was building the fire. Oh yeah, looking great, buddy. Prairie Dog smiled at Fox. Usually, they would be predator and prey, but Fox was a different type of fox. He told Prairie Dog he was something called an omnivore, meaning that he didn't have to eat meat. He was actually a vegetarian. Fox said he didn't like the nasty business of killing and... In the time they had been walking together, Prairie Dog had watched Fox eat some vegetables. Fox kept the other predators at bay, and Prairie Dog brought him various grasses and dandelions and junk. Here you go, friend, Prairie Dog smiled. Why are you calling me friend? Fox scowled, then softened. When you should be calling me best friend, Prairie Dog grinned even bigger. Oh, you. Then Fox grimaced. Wait. What was up with that log? Prairie Dog turned around. What log? Fox took his foot and just... kicked Prairie Dog into the fire. Fox was patting himself on his back. He got his dinner to carry his stuff and build its own fire. Well, he patted himself on the back in the figurative sense. He was actually holding a stick out, keeping Prairie Dog pinned in the fire until that was no longer needed. After Prairie Dog got a good sear... Fox used the stick to dig a shallow hole under the fire and dumped the round body of the prairie dog in for the low, slow roast that followed. He piled some stones on that, covered it with embers, and tossed the dinner prairie dog had gathered for him onto the fire. As the dandelions crackled before disappearing into smoke, Fox leaned back against the log for a quick nap while his dinner and former BFF cooked. Meanwhile, Close enough to catch the scent of best friend on the wind, Coyote quite literally followed his nose, until, scooping aside the embers, he found prairie dog meat dripping with fat. In minutes, it was nothing but bones and grease on Coyote's cheeks. Coyote patted his belly, full of gullible prairie dog. Welp, that was awesome. Then he looked at Fox, snoozing. Ugh, that guy. 
Okay. Fox could be a lot. Coyote liked tricking people, sure. But this Fox guy, you just couldn't trust him. And he was vindictive. He would get mad about this meal, and even if Coyote spread ashes around the fire to hide his scent, Fox would search and search until he found it, and then come after Coyote like he was going to kill him or something. Unless Coyote made sure Fox wouldn't come after him. Fox blinked awake. Hmm, time to eat. Then his hand felt the greasy bones between his fingers. He raised his claw to his mouth and... Yeah, more grease. Huh, looked like he had been sleep-eating again. That was annoying. Didn't even get to enjoy it. Oh well. He tossed the bones on the embers and his stomach growled. Yelling at him was more like it. Fox felt the pang. That was weird. Usually when you eat, you're not hungry anymore and cut to a bunch of tiny foxes in Fox's head, hammering away at those old-timey calculators. Finally, one fox ran the solution to the fox manager, who ran it up the chain of command until Fox smacked his head. Being hungry meant you hadn't eaten. Someone came and ate his prairie dog friend, and then smeared grease all over him to try to hide the crime. Fox scrambled over the log and sniffed the ground in an ever-widening circle until he found it. Coyote. Fox yelled for Prairie Dog to gather his things and follow. Oh, that that's right. Fox grabbed his own stuff and followed Coyote's scent. Coyote was having a slow afternoon and was dragging after a big meal. His ears pricked up when he heard Fox behind him. Coyote, I know you have great hearing, 20 times the hearing of a human, and you can supposedly hear a mouse creeping at 200 meters, though that seems a bit much. But I know you can hear me right now. I'm coming for you, and I'm going to kill you. Coyote rolled his eyes. That guy, Fox, could try. Coyote, if you're replying, I can't hear you. My hearing isn't as good. I've got your scent, though, and I'm coming for you. Coyote was huffing and puffing, and ugh, that meal. He had a cramp, but he was almost to the cliffs. He would be fine. A few minutes later, Fox heard a crash. Fox listened. Coyote wasn't moving anymore. He was... straining? Fox, oh my goodness, I am so sorry, I did it. I ate your prairie dog, Coyote said, leaning against the cliff, which was overhanging the path a bit, at a smaller than 90 degree angle. You ate my prairie dog, admit it, Fox yelled. The Coyote said, yeah, I just, I just admitted it. We have bigger problems though, Coyote said. Fox was a little annoyed that Coyote basically confessed and took the momentum of the situation, but he listened. The cliff is falling, Fox, Coyote said. I was walking by, and I caught it before it crushed me to death. But it's happening. It's only a matter of time. I can't hold it forever. Coyote was pressing up against the cliff, his paws gripping the ground and claws scratching the rock. Gritted teeth. He was really working here. You know, that sounds like a you problem. Fox crossed his arms. You ate my friend. The friend that I was going to eat. Now you want me to help you? You think I'm stupid? Yes, I do, Coyote said, but that was unrelated. Coyote sighed, look, if he stayed here, he would die. But if he stepped away, they would both die. Understand the implication here? Fox's yellow eyes widened. Yeah, think you can outrun a mountain? Coyote laughed. 
How many times had they chased each other? Coyote knew how fast Fox could run, and it wasn't that fast. Fox did the calculations in his head. Yeah, yeah, Coyote was right. So now that they had a whole mutually assured destruction thing going, what did Coyote want? Coyote said he wanted to stop the mountain from falling. Obviously. He had been thinking about it? And to do that, they just needed to wedge a log in. In the forest over there, he had spotted a downed tree. Fox had to go and get it. I can't lift a tree, Fox yelled. Coyote said one of them had to. And soon, Cody said, okay, okay, look, here's one option. Fox could switch places with him, holding up the cliff. What? Fox screamed. Hey, I don't like it either. I have all the power here, but I'm willing to trade places with you so that we both don't die. Coyote scowled. Now that Coyote was resistant to the change, there was nothing that Fox wanted more. He said he would do it, but Coyote had to be back in five minutes with the log or else the mountain was coming down. Coyote said he wasn't sure he could get the log back by then, but Fox cut him off. Five minutes, or the mountain came down on both of them. Coyote looked to the ground. All right, five minutes. Fox went up alongside Coyote, and Coyote warned him. He really had to push and just not stop. Give it everything he had. Like you wedge a stick under a wheel to keep it from rolling downhill, they were wedged under this mountain. If they gave at all, it was coming down. Coyote looked over to see Fox straining now, pressing against the ground with his feet and against the cliff with his back. You good? You got it? Fox managed to nod, and Coyote dropped to the ground, panting. Whew. Okay. He only had five minutes and he needed to get that log. Stiff in the legs, Coyote hobbled off as fast as he could toward the forest. Five minutes, Fox yelled out. Five minutes. An hour and a half later, Fox was about to collapse. Coyote had betrayed him, left him holding the mountain. Fox had yelled out, trying to warn Coyote that the time was up. But by the time Fox realized that he had been thoroughly and completely betrayed, Coyote would have had time to run free from the mountain. The only one in danger now was Fox. And Fox could see no way out. He was stuck holding the mountain. And when he rested for a moment, the mountain would fall on him. He could either prolong his agony or accept the inevitable. And after about 20 more minutes of prolonging his agony, he felt his muscles begin to fail him. He started to shake and wobble. Coyote. If Fox ever got another chance in this life or the next, he would make Coyote pay for this betrayal. With that, Fox dropped to the path, and the mountain stayed exactly where it was. Because it was a mountain, and mountains don't just fall over on people. That's not a thing they do. Fox, despite two hours of straining, ran off as fast as he could. He would make Coyote pay for this. We'll see Fox's revenge on Coyote, but that will be right after this.
Hey, Fox, Fox heard. Fox skidded to a stop and then looked. Coyote was just sitting there on a stump by a lake. I'm going to kill you, Fox said, pointing a claw at Coyote. Coyote rolled his eyes. No, Fox wasn't. Fox said, oh, yeah, he was. He was going to kill Coyote and eat Coyote and make up for the prairie dog. Coyote said that all that was nice, but really, it was just the two of them. Fox didn't need to show off for anyone. They both knew Fox couldn't take Coyote. Not only were Coyotes double or triple the sizes of Foxes, but Fox missed dinner last night and breakfast this morning, and he spent two hours holding up a mountain. By the way, you fell for that way longer than I thought you would. Coyote grimaced. Plus, I'm gamey and stringy. I'd be a bad meal. <laughs> Not like that. Coyote gestured to the lake. The pair squinted when they looked out on the water. The sun was setting, and there, in the water, was a perfectly round hunk of red meat that definitely wasn't the reflection of the setting sun. Fox asked, what was that? Uh, magical sky meat, I think. I don't know. I was just running away from you and saw it, and I had to stop. I mean, look how it's glowing. I've been trying to figure out how to get at it, but I can't swim and didn't want to leave it to go get a boat. Coyote saw Fox's mouth dripping at the idea of magical sky meat. Then Coyote said, Hey, Fox was hungry, right? What about, as a payment for the prairie dog, Coyote split the meat with Fox. The only thing he asked was that Fox hold his tail and pull him back once he grabbed the meat so he wouldn't drown. Fox asked, Did Coyote think he was stupid? We've already established that I do. Yes, Coyote nodded. Okay, that was rhetorical. You don't need to answer every time, Fox said. But no, he wasn't going to let the well-fed Coyote, who was twice his size, grab and keep the meat. Coyote would hold Fox's tail, and Fox would grab the meat. Coyote took a deep breath, saying that he really wanted to get this done before the current took the meat. Fox would split it with him when he got it, though, right? Oh, of course, Fox lied. He was smaller, but he was faster than Coyote. As soon as he was back on land, he would bolt, and there was nothing Coyote could do about it. All right, fine. Let's do it, Coyote said. He would hold Fox's tail so Fox could grab that glowing red meat at the edge of the lake, and then, yeah, psych. Coyote, holding onto Fox's tail gave him a punt, and Fox went flying out into the water. Yeah, have fun drowning, Coyote said. And Fox did not. He, he did drown, he just didn't have fun doing it. Honey, I'm home, Coyote called out when he made it back to his den. The sun had set by then. The magical lake meat was gone, and so was Fox. Sorry I'm late, he kissed his wife. He ate, but there was this whole thing with Fox. Oh, did you kill him again? Coyote's wife asked. Yup, Coyote grinned. It was a good one, too. And real quickly, according to Hopi folklore, Coyote and Fox kill each other all the time, but they come back. I like to think that, as Coyote is talking about this, Fox is respawning back at the cold ashes where he slept earlier that day, because I guess in this podcast they're playing by Minecraft rules. Just then, Coyote heard a noise outside his door. Ooh... Someone was trying to be sneaky, and they almost succeeded. Coyote popped his head out. 
and his teeth seemed to glow in the moonlight. Rabbit boy. Rabbit boy froze and then turned around. Oh, hi, Uncle Coyote. You look good enough to eat, Coyote grinned. Rabbit boy laughed uncomfortably. That was a bad joke. Coyote said, yeah, wow. Sorry, he should say Rabbit Boy looked like a good mix of muscle and fat, and he would like to kill Rabbit Boy and then consume his flesh for sustenance, maybe even in that order. Did that help to clarify things? Coyote stepped forward. Rabbit Boy didn't move. Rabbit Boy hung his head. This broke his heart. He wouldn't get to see his large family of rabbits one more time, who were all meeting in an enclosed space. He was actually on his way to his aunt's house, his literal rabbit aunt. They were having a rabbit family reunion, and there would be so many rabbits there. But yes, he held his paws out. Coyote could kill and eat him, the littlest of rabbits, alone. Coyote laughed. This guy, rabbit boy, learned to take a joke. Coyote was messing with him. He wasn't going to eat rabbit boy. When he said, you look good enough to eat, he was commenting on Rabbit Boy's physical attractiveness. Rabbit Boy said, oh, that's better? Here, it's after nightfall and the forest is full of all sorts of nasty predators. You've delayed enough, too. I'll give you a ride. Let's go, Coyote said. Ride? How will you give me a ride? Rabbit Boy asked. Uh, on my back? Obviously, Coyote said. Ducking down on all fours? Rabbit Boy said, how was that obvious? Uh, anyway, he didn't really know about that, though. Truth was, he was a terrible rider. He couldn't ride without a saddle and bridle. Coyote, super excited to massacre a rabbit family reunion and the resulting pot of rabbit stew, waved Rabbit Boy's objections aside and said that he had a saddle that would fit a coyote. Rabbit Boy said, the, that's really specific, but okay. Thanks, I guess. While Coyote was off getting the saddle, bridle, and reins, Rabbit Boy rummaged. He went to the bushes and gathered something, and was finishing up putting something on his rabbit feet when Coyote returned. Rabbit Boy mounted the coyote, and they began their ride. Look at me! I'm a human riding a horse! My knees go the wrong way, and I only grow a coat on like four spots on my body, and I'm too good to sleep in the dirt! Rabbit Boy called out. Ha <laughs> nice. Take that, humans, Coyote said. Quiet, horse. Horses don't talk, Rabbit yelled and jammed his spurs. The thorns he had dug out of the bush and tied around his rabbit feet on the coyote's side. Coyote yelped. He said, what? When did Rabbit get those? Horses don't talk. They are quiet and dignified. You are a bad horse, Rabbit Boy said digging the spurs in each time. Coyote was so excited to eat this little punk just a little while longer. Then he heard it. Hundreds, hundreds of rabbits milling around in a warren. His mouth watered. That would make it all worth it. Easy boy, Rabbit Boy said, putting on his Arthur Morgan voice as Coyote neared the warren. Just then, Coyote felt a tightening on the bridle and the reins jerk him to the side. Gotta tie my horsey up to a tree. He rode up to the tree and looped the reins around a branch. He looped the leather and tied it in such a way that the tree was blocking the knot that secured the bridle. I'm gonna kill you. I'm not joking this time, Coyote snarled. 
Have to get free first. All right, stay there, horsey. I'll be back, okay? The coyote raged, but he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything as he looked inside at the smorgasbord of rabbits, all laughing and eating and playing. Once in a while, a pair of rabbits would look at him, whisper, point, and laugh. Coyote seed. He didn't kill Fox today to be humiliated like this. Sometime deep in the night, the party was winding down, and Coyote heard Rabbit Boy approach. Alright, I'm going to jump on him, and then you untie the reins, Rabbit Boy told his cousin, probably named Hair Guy. Hair Guy said, wouldn't the coyote eat him? Rabbit Boy told his cousin to let Rabbit Boy worry about that one. Ready? Coyote was planning on eating someone, and, in the resulting traumatic chaos, eating a lot more someones. It wasn't a bad plan, but like the rest of the night, Rabbit Boy was one step ahead of him. As soon as the reins were free, Rabbit Boy jerked them away from his cousins. And if you've ever been on a horse, that's sometimes not enough for a horse committed to being a bad horse. But the spurs that Rabbit Boy was wearing made up the difference. He soon had Coyote in line, waved goodbye to his family, and started off on the trail home. We'll see how a popular rabbit boy sparks jealousy in the more bitter animals, but that will, once again, be right after this. We all know that mealtime is not just cooking and eating. Oh uh, Yeah, it's planning, finding recipes. Going to the store, filling a cart, standing in line. Then, finally, cooking. Then eating. And doing it again and again. It's a lot. Yeah. Here's our solution that we highly recommend you try as well. Hello Fresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered to your doorstep. I am so excited to receive our box this week because HelloFresh means no extra trips to the grocery store, all with more variety than I could have planned myself. Yeah, I mean, like, what are we going to do with all the time we're getting back? That is the question we like to answer, not this what's-for-dinner business. It's now pick a card, any card. Just a recipe card. Speaking of, HelloFresh now has 40 weekly recipes to choose from. So goodbye, Rut. Hello, exciting new flavors. Hello, Fresh. Oh, no, I see what you did there. You're welcome. Pick a box to fit your lifestyle or meal preferences. For us, it's the family-friendly box. And enjoy things like zingy Gouda burgers or spinach ricotta ravioli with chicken. I like it because we get the whole family involved. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Myths60 and use code Myths60 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Myths60 and use code Myths60 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Rabbit Boy told Coyote he was tired, so they were just going to head straight home. Coyote either ran as fast as he could, or Rabbit dug the thorn spurs into the predator's side. Either way, it was not a fun ride home. Coyote knew that he had one chance remaining to eat Rabbit Boy. The others back at the Warren would be long gone now that Coyote knew their location. And it had been nearly a day since he ate Prairie Dog. With all the effort running from Fox, or for Rabbit Boy... He was starving. Coyote knew he had to get Rabbit Boy the moment he leapt down from the saddle, and just then he looked back, and the saddle was empty. Rabbit Boy was gone. Coyote skidded to a stop, turned, and saw Rabbit Boy's tail disappear into the darkness of his burrow. Just like that, Rabbit Boy was gone. 
he had leapt off when Coyote was running. Inside the burrow, Rabbit Boy laughed. Coyote's jaws filled his doorway, but Rabbit Boy's burrow was woven in the roots of the big tree. Coyote would starve before he forced his way in, and by then, Rabbit Boy would have escaped out the back. Rabbit Boy sat back as he listened to Coyote give up and go home. It was all the sweeter that, at this distance, Rabbit Boy could hear Coyote's wife ask him where he had been and why were his sides bloody? Coyote snapped at her to mind her own business and went to bed. Summer grew into fall and fall winter. Rabbit Boy emerged from his burrow and hopped across the snow. He couldn't hear Fox behind him. Yes, that fox, the one that had respawned at the fire. He padded noiselessly on the snow, watching Rabbit Boy. Rabbit Boy didn't know he was there. Fox had gotten better in his time being dead. He leapt from a tree and had Rabbit Boy pinned, teeth bared, and Rabbit Boy laughed. Hey, Fox. Fox bounced off Rabbit Boy. Hey, RB. Wow, I'm sure glad we're unironically best friends and not even in the tragic way where one of us will be forced to kill the other, Fox said. Same, Rabbit Boy smiled, walking alongside his best bud, who never wanted to eat him. Tail's looking nice, Fox said, and Rabbit Boy swished his tail. Thanks. Like all rabbits, he had a long, fluffy tail that was about four times the length of his body. Fox shivered. Rabbit Boy asked what was up. Why was he even out in the snow? Fox said he, because he wanted to say hi to Rabbit Boy. It had been a while. He was dead. Rabbit Boy smiled and wrapped his long tail around Fox so Fox would be warm. Neither of them saw, from the shadows of a tree, eyes watching them. And somehow, neither of them heard the lynx when Rabbit Boy wrapped his tail around Fox so Fox could stay warm, say, What the heck? The lynx paced, oh, oh, rabbit boy, rabbit boy, how dare you, how dare you be kind, nice, thoughtful, ingratiate yourself to the foxes so they don't eat you, recognize the needs of others, then strive to meet them, who did rabbit boy think he was? Lynx wanted people to think well of him, he wanted to help, he just never noticed stuff about other people because it was boring and not about him, that was really their fault, if they made their stuff more about him, he'd be happy to help. Oh, he was going to teach this rabbit boy a lesson. A rabbit boy wouldn't be so gracious if he didn't have that big, luxurious tail of his. Lynx smiled and began coming up with a plan. It was spring by the time Lynx found rabbit boy out by a creek in the forest, because Lynx kept getting distracted by stuff. He had a brilliant plan. Get rabbit boy to play a game with him. Get rabbit boy to guess what he was thinking, and if he couldn't, Lynx would fight Rabbit Boy and tear his sweet, beautiful tail off. Rabbit Boy was sunning his tail after a shampoo of ash and oil and a rinse in the pond. Well, well, well. Here we have Rabbit Boy and his beautiful tail, Lynx said, swishing his own long, luxurious tail. Oh, thanks, Rabbit Boy said. Hey, Lynx, long time. No, what? That was an insult. Like, you're stuck up about your tail and it's annoying. You think you have the greatest tail in the forest using it to be all helpful. Okay, well, I never knew you felt that way, Lynx. I assure you, I'm 
proud of my tail, but I don't think it's the best. I mean, you have a nicer tail than me, Rabbit said. Wow, you really think that? Link said, then shook his head. No, Rabbit was doing it again, tricking him with kindness and thoughtful compliments. You think you're real smart, don't you? Link sneered. I mean, I'm curious and I do enjoy learning and I'm not going to pretend like I don't. So yeah, I know a few things, but I'm not going to be arrogant about it. Each of us has different skills and interests and Link's cut Rabbit Boy off. What do you know anyway? I know Lynx has a beautiful tail. Rabbit grinned. Link said that was so nice. Wait, stop doing that. Tell me, tell me other stuff you know. Rabbit smiled. Guess. Lynx thought about it. Hey, that's what he was going to do. Make Rabbit Boy guess. Rabbit Boy felt the fur on his tail. Not dry yet. If he tried to move now, it would go all curly and wispy. He sighed. Okay, sure. You will play a guessing game. Link smiled. Good, good. First up for the super smart Rabbit Boy, what does Nahote mean? Rabbit Boy said that that was in a language he didn't speak. Link smiled and ran his tongue along his sharp teeth inside his mouth, ready to take that tail. Rabbit Boy shrugged. I don't know. What is it? Link's froze. Wait, seriously? Yeah, Nahote. What is it? Link said, how did he know that? And real quickly, I guess the word literally meant, what is it? Which, if you're trying to use a guessing game as a false pretense to maim a friend, well, you're already making poor decisions. But I guess don't add to that and lead with a tedious who's on first thing. Well, you won't be able to guess what I have in my hand, Link said. Rabbit Boy looked to Link's paw fingers and saw a tail poking out. Not exactly Sherlock-level deductions here. Uh, a mouse? Rabbit Boy said. Lynx growled and revealed the mouse. Hey, can I go home now? Oh, I'm dead, the mouse said, as Lynx crumpled him like a piece of paper and tossed him aside. Bet you can't guess what I had for breakfast, Lynx prompted. Rabbit Boy saw a bit of feather clinging to Lynx's cheeks and said that it was the sick owl behind the gooseberry bush. What flower I picked this morning? Rabbit Boy sniffed the wind. Uh, oh, the skunk cabbage down by the spring. Where I slept last night? Down by the cattails, by the other pond, Rabbit Boy said, seeing the rushes still clinging to him. Link said, bet you can't guess what I want to do right now. He was growing in rage. Rabbit Boy replied, yes, he probably could, but his tail was dry and he was going to head out. Fun playing, I guess. Uh, by the way, what am I thinking about right now is a level of unfairness that even Bilbo Baggins wouldn't touch. Rabbit Boy's tail rose and the little guy bounced off into the forest. He could hear Lynx following him, but something was up with that guy today, and Rabbit Boy knew that it was better to just not engage. There was a hole left by some trappers out in the forest, and Rabbit Boy cleared it in one jump and kind of posed a little bit as he did it. That made Lynx all the angrier, so angry that he was focused on that and completely missed his own jump. He hit the ground at the bottom of the hole hard. Rabbit Boy looked over the side and saw Lynx clawing at the dirt walls. Rabbit Boy, please, I'll die here, Lynx said. Rabbit Boy looked around. He didn't see anything. Then he realized his tail. He lowered it down into the hole, and it was just long enough. Lynx could climb it out of the hole and be safe. 
Rabbit Boy braced himself on a tree, and Lynx climbed, paw over paw, his own long tail swishing behind him. Lynx's on-again, mostly off-again quest had been based on jealousy. He wanted what Rabbit Boy had, the goodwill of the forest, but he didn't know how to be different. So the only way he thought he could feel better was if he could take away something beautiful that Rabbit Boy had. If he could make Rabbit Boy as angry and as spiteful as him. Now though, he realized that Rabbit Boy truly thought of him as a friend. So much so that he would stop to save Lynx's life from hunters, which, really low bar for friendship, but that's the place Lynx was operating from. And Lynx had to admit that it was beautiful. Rabbit was better than him. As he approached the top of the hole, he smiled. Beautiful that Rabbit Boy was such a sucker. He wouldn't be better than Lynx for long. You see, that thing about Lynx, where he wanted to be super popular and cool, but he couldn't figure it out, so he wanted to make the world worse to be more like him, that was still Lynx. And the object of his quest was right in front of him. So, when he made it to the top, still clinging to Rabbit Boy's long tail, he bit Rabbit Boy's tail at the base. Worth it! Lynx cried out as he fell back down into the pit and hit the ground, and Rabbit Boy cried out in pain. Rabbit Boy wept. He had trusted a friend, helped a friend, and saved a friend, and now, because of that friend, his tail was gone. Old Fox, Fox's dad, emerged from the forest with a vine, breathing heavy. He had just made it. He heard the commotion and came running. He looked on Rabbit's tail and frowned. Oh no. Old Fox shook his head at Lynx. Lynx said, what? It was funny. Now he wouldn't be made to feel inferior because he never thought of others. Old Fox said that he could already hear the humans coming. The trappers. They would be there soon. Lynx's eyes widened and his long tail flickered. Wait, seriously? Okay, he really did not want to die. He would give Old Fox anything. Old Fox said he would throw a vine, but Lynx had to promise. He would no longer live among the decent animals or sneak among the humans. He would leave the woods on the hill and go live a solitary life, away from the world. Because the world, while it could be mean sometimes, wasn't half as mean as Lynx. Sure, whatever. Lynx whined. He didn't care. That wasn't at all really hurtful to hear. Fox tossed the vine, but as he did, as Lynx was occupied grasping for it, Fox kicked something else. There was a boulder that had been on the edge of the hole, and it tumbled down. Lynx dodged, but his long, fluffy tail didn't. His tail was pinned, and the humans were coming. The lynx had a final, desperate choice. His own long tail or his life. And while he liked having a beautiful tail, he liked being alive more. Lynx pulled, climbing up the vine, and felt his own beautiful tail tear from his body. He was so ashamed of how he looked that he immediately fled into the tall timbers. Even if he had been welcome, he wouldn't have shown his face. And yeah, this is something like a just-so story, which explains why both the little lynx, aka the bobcat, called such because of its bobbed tail, and the rabbit have such short, stubby tails. Like the lynx, Rabbit Boy mourned his tail, but then he realized something. 
with his tail shorter, he was actually quicker and harder to catch. He didn't have to take care of the tail and it wasn't as tiring to drag along everywhere. If he could ever find the bobcat, he would have gone and hugged the creature, thanking him. No one in the forest saw the lynx again, though. It stayed far up in the hills. No one saw it, but everyone could hear its mournful cry echoing down through the darkness each night. In his attempt to make the world as miserable as he was, he only made himself feel that much worse. I like this one because it shows that Rabbit Boy is different. Coyote, Fox, Iktomi, and the others are always on the lookout for a con. But Rabbit Boy, as an herbivore, is not a predator. He has nothing to gain by exploiting others. I mean, except for a free ride from guys who want to eat him. He does strive to get along with the predators when he can. And that does make the betrayal today all that sadder. There's something to be said about the differences between Rabbit and Lynx in the story. Rabbit is a prey animal who is hunted all the time, but he looks at life with a sense of optimism, choosing to see the best in his fellow creatures, sometimes even to his own detriment. Lynx can't even see a creature doing a nice gesture for another, except through the lens of himself, how it makes him look when he fails to think of anyone else, a trait he could change with a little bit of work and thoughtfulness. They both end up in the same place, but Rabbit Boy approaches the tragedy with a sense of optimism, and is stronger for it. Lynx laments his loss and lives a bitter, solitary life. If you'd like to support the show, there's a membership thing on the site and Apple Podcasts. For less than the price of assorted edible insects, you can get extra episodes and ad-free versions of this show that also have no artificial colorings or flavorings and aren't fried. Though, when it comes to eating scorpions and tarantulas, I'm going to be honest, that's not really my issue. For more info on the membership, check out mythpodcast.com slash membership or find the show on Apple Podcasts. The creature this week is the Flathead Lake Monster from Montana in the United States, in North America. Now, when we see antlers poking out of the ice in winter, I know we're all like, hey, free antlers. Apparently two Kootenai women thought that when long, long ago, they were out with most of their tribe on the ice. They took some sharp rocks and started hacking away. Well, it turns out that a thing was attached to those antlers, what would come to be known as the Flathead Lake Monster. And it wasn't a big fan of that. In the universal symbol for, hey, cut it out, the giant monster exploded through the ice and shook its head before submerging. The women, luckily, could turn into a ball and buckskin target. So yeah, if you can do that, do that. If you can't, well, you might be like the rest of their tribe, who, sadly, didn't survive the frozen temperatures of the lake. According to legend, the remains of the tribe never strayed far from the shore after that. In the modern day, sightings of the monster have been reported as far back as 1889, when the captain of a lake steamboat and the 100 people aboard spotted the Flathead Lake Monster, an eel-like creature about 20 to 40 feet long. The people at the boat saw the peaceful giant, this wonder of the natural world surfacing, greeting humans for the first time in hundreds of years, and of course they shot at it, sending it fleeing back into the deep. 
Sightings, though, have been fairly consistent since. I linked an article from NBC Montana that tracks 129 years of Flathead Lake monster sightings, and pretty much everyone in the article agreed that the monster, known as Fosse in some places, isn't bad, just big. According to Wikipedia, it even saved a three-year-old who fell in once. In the 1950s, a local fishing store offered a reward for catching it, and someone caught a seven-foot sturgeon, which, I mean, is like a really big sturgeon and impressive, but uh, it's not a 40-foot eel monster, so kind of a downer. Anyways, if you spot Flossie the Flathead Lake Monster, say hi, because I guess it's pretty chill. That is, unless you try to saw off its antlers. Or shoot at it. That's it for this week. Myths and Legends is by Jason and Carissa Weiser. The theme song is by Broke for Free, and the Creature of the Week music is by Steve Combs. There are links to more of the music we used in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.